to another horror one and crime. What it is, what it is, what it is. We're back for another lovely episode. <laughs> um, and we're coming at you from Lowe's bed. We kind of switch off on beds each week now. <laughs> Going back and forth, bed hopping. Well, we kind of did it originally to test as to see, if, you know the sound quality and then all of a sudden we're just like okay it's cozy in here <laughs> like why sit at a desk if we don't have to right like why not podcast from the bed that's way better seriously um and lowe's got some candles going set in like the peaceful vibes I have the moonshine going. Yes, that is the strawberry and cream, I believe, moonshine you got going there. By Old Smoky. Yeah, classic. My bestie Boo got me a couple of them for my birthday. Yeah. And uh, I thought tonight would be a good night to crack one open and sip on some. Sip on it. I really like I really like that one and there's like a java one that I like and a banana cream one also that's pretty good and the freaking pickles the pickles that are soaked in moonshine those are pretty good too Well you're a pickle person I am You and Char like your pickles like... I love my pickles <laughs> Very very much Um but yeah so shout out to Dex First and foremost. What? What? I saw he had the girl um, from Euphoria on there. I don't know if you... I haven't fully gotten into the show yet. I don't... I want to watch it, but um, she was his most recent guest, and I want to listen to that one. I don't know who that is. Yeah, but um, I want to get into that show, because I hear that it's really, really good. Okay. It's on HBO. Lo just introduced me to another show tonight, slightly. We were waiting for my computer to update because, you know, technology loves us. <laughs> um, and it's called Ghost. And it's... Oh, Ghosts, plural, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems pretty good. I mean, I only watched probably, what, like 20 minutes of it? 15? It's super cute. And it's only a half hour long, so it's, like, it's quick, like, if you're have a lunch break and you want to watch something or if you're tired but not ready to fall asleep it's a perfect amount that you can watch it and then turn it off unless you're like me who refuses to and then you fall asleep and then the next day go back and rewind try to figure out where you were at yeah exactly (laughs) but it's got the same actress from i zombie and i loved i zombie okay so i my mom had it on one day when i walked in i'm like oh okay and then i kind of got into it and then i had to leave and then I couldn't find it, and then they finally brought it to Paramount, and I'm like, woohoo! So I've been watching that. Binging it. Yeah, I feel like not too many shows lately are 30 minutes. Like, all of them are like an hour. And I like it when I'm really into it and stuff, but sometimes it is nice to just like have a quick half hour episode. Yeah, like, like Shit's Creek. Yes. Ugh. Good, the, good Place. New Girl. Yes. See. I love all those shows. Yep, and they're all 30 minutes. I think that's the magic number, to be honest. Some of these other shows are just way too long, which, side note, just because I just found this out, and you guys know that I'm a Bachelor watch 
watcher. Um, <laughs> the Bachelorette. Usually the Bachelor is on from 8, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. It's two hours long. Every single Monday. Sometimes it's Mondays and Tuesdays. It's like a lot. They are making it now 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Isn't that like insane? Like, am I a grandma? That's so late. 9 to 11? No, I hear you. I love that TikTok where they're like, you want to hang out? They're like, cool, cool. They're like, all right, I'll pick you up at 9. She's like, PM? Yeah, (laughs) 9. Yeah, because then we're going to go to so-and-so's house and then we'll probably leave around 10. (laughs) 10 o'clock PM? (laughs) Like... That's, like, where I'm at in my life. I'm getting there, you know? (laughs) Sometimes I'm just like, that's just so nice. It's so cozy. Before we start the show, um, so the last couple, I did my celebrity rants, and it was on Haley Bieber, which I am not done with her, but we're going to give her a break today. (laughs) Um, Just because I feel like it's beating a dead horse by this point. Everybody knows, you know... What's going on with the Biebs? But my new one is, I need we need a, a title for this. It's like celebrities where it should be a crime to be this annoying. Right, right, right. There's got to be I'm trying to so twist it into <laughs> the crime part. Right. Um, my should be a crime to be annoying right now is Jojo, Jojo Siwa. She's always been annoying to me. Um, yeah, I had to deal with her for a little bit. My daughter went through the big bow stage for right. not a long time. She in and out pretty quick. Um, but but I've always found her quite annoying. However, I noticed as much of the world did this TikTok of her pretending that she is pregnant. I mean, she takes it as far as going to the store and making a video with a box of Pampers and baby clothes. And then finally she reveals that it's a food baby. And I just find it very disrespectful to the people that cannot have children or that are struggling with it. And the fact that, like... And I know it shouldn't stop you from having kids, but she's, like, promoting herself as, like, this 20-year-old lesbian, which is fine. I have nothing against that. Um, But when you're saying that you're pregnant, it makes you feel like... And then saying he is the father, like, that gives, like, weird vibes, too. Like, I get gay couples adopt babies all the time and have ways to have babies of their own kind and that is amazing but I just don't like the way she's going well yeah because it's all fake like like she's just very like all over the place even with like her partners I feel like she's very bouncy she was with this girl then this girl then then back and I'm just and then I don't know she annoyed me when she started all that crap with Candace Cameron oh yeah and I'm just like Leave DJ Tanner alone, please. Um, I don't know. But she just struck a nerve. Like, I just, I really feel like she is just, like, one of these people who make TikToks and videos just to stay irrelevant and cause drama. And she's just very annoying. And that was my JoJo rant. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, she she's annoyed me. I used to watch Dance Moms. Like I watched that show, and even on the show, she would annoy me. And when she became this huge, I mean, she became huge. She was going on stadium tours. She's got a giant mansion. She's got so much merch. Like children went crazy for her. And I never, I mean, I was older, obviously, so I wouldn't have been into it, but I just never understood. I was like, what is the hype around her? I don't get it. She's so annoying. She is. I think it was the fact that she was a child star dancer, yeah. singer, and it was, everything was big, pretty colors, like Candyland. Yeah. All around her, you know, and sparkles and sequins and the big bows, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very girly girl, like... Right. So I'm sure, yeah, you're right. That probably that was it was like the shiny objects almost. I feel yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I never got it. And even now, just watching a lot of her videos, I feel like she is just someone who is very. I don't want to say spoiled, but never really had like. I don't know how to put it. Like, like she just needs to be have a good spanking and sit in the corner and tell her to chill the F out. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, she grew up famous. Like, so she probably has no real concept of like normalcy. She just seems like a little spoiled brat on TV right now or, you know, and she's 20 something years old and I get it. Congratulations on your success. But stop with the like seamy drama and like, it's almost like she got a hold of TikTok and a video camera and she's living by herself and just doesn't know how to just be chill. Right. Like, yeah. I think you're totally right, too, about, like, the trying to stay relevant thing. Like, she probably is just trying to, like, make headlines where she can so that she just stays in the public eye enough to where she can keep making money doing different things. Well, yeah, her fan base is all grown up now. Yeah, nobody, like, wants to buy her bows and stuff. I don't even know if they... Do they sell her bows still? Maybe. Probably for elementary kids. I mean, I'm sure she's still popular with some of the youngins, but... I don't know. But anyway, we're going to move on because our people probably don't want to hear JoJo anymore. Yeah, we can, we can move on from JoJo, but yeah, that's a, that's an annoying... JoJo, you a ho-ho, not JoJo just kidding. JoJo, <laughs> But that is annoying, and I I agree. Disrespectful to people out there who can't and are trying to have children. Yeah, we're going to switch gears into uh, today's story. So the kind of the center of our story is... Connie and Billy Ray Brown. And the premise of today's episode is like, it's like a family, family thing going on. Family loyalty that kind of just leads to, uh, to catastrophe. (laughs) So Connie and Billy Ray Brown, which me and Lo both, Lo said this when she was, like, reading it, and I thought it when I was, like, researching it. Billy Ray Brown, it just immediately makes you think of Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> but maybe that's just us. <laughs> but they met in the spring of 1991, um, and Billy Ray was 38, 
and he worked with this guy named Johnny Neely, who was obviously Billy Ray's co-worker, and Johnny's daughter was Connie, and she was 16 at the time, so that's kind of how Billy Ray and Connie met. Um, and despite their 22-year age difference, Connie and Billy Ray got together and eventually got married. Now that's a big that's a big age difference. Yes. Especially with her being 16. Yeah, 16 and 38. Like was Johnny cool with this? I don't know, but it gives me the ick. Gives me the big ick. It gives me more of an ick if Johnny was cool with it. Ugh. <laughs> but anyways, so Connie's brother, Jamie Heath, he said that his parents both were big drinkers and he and Connie had ended up in foster care for two years when they were growing up. After meeting Billy Ray, Connie quickly moved in with him to just kind of like get away from her own home life and kind of like the toxicity that was going on there. Um, and the couple eventually had three children together. Billy Ray Jr., Tanner, and Matthew. Can I just say ding, ding, ding real quick? I just said Candace Cameron, who was DJ Tanner oh, on Full yeah. House. and Tanner. Look at that. Just want to put that out, but move on. Lots of ding, ding, dings. Um, but that makes sense. Like, you know, if her parents, if she didn't have the best home life, obviously, and her parents weren't super present and kind of spent more time drinking, like, it makes sense why she might turn to an older guy and just like want to like move in with him and escape that life that she was in. So in 1999, Connie's parents ended up getting divorced after her father moved into a trailer um, on the Brown family property. Now, her brother Heath said, when I would go to visit, it was a happy life. The kids were happy. They were playing with their toys. It was just a normal life, it seemed. And that all changed with a 911 call to send help to the 1280 Olive Drive in Green Sea, which was kind of near the Myrtle Beach area um, in South Carolina on June 21st, 2000. And this happened just before 11 p.m. Horry County Police found Johnny and his daughter outside. Now, Johnny told officers that two men had broken into his daughter's trailer and attacked and assaulted her husband. What they saw when they went in was a very bloody crime scene, um, said George DeBusk, who was a senior assistant solicitor. He says there was blood all over the place. There were trails of blood throughout the house, so they knew something was terribly wrong. Police said that Billy Ray was found dead on the floor right next to the bed. You could visibly see a lot of blood and trauma to his body, said Jamie Dabari, who was the police lieutenant at the time. Now, the body of a second man 
Ronnie McDowell was found dead in a hallway bathroom. And Connie told officers that McDowell was Billy Ray's friend who had been staying with them, kind of crashing on their couch for the time being. So both of the men, Billy Ray and McDowell, had been beaten and stabbed and their throats were cut according to police. So it was a pretty brutal, uh, savage savage murder for both of them. DeBusk said that this was a stabbing, and stabbings are bloody. And there were bruises that were consistent with being hit by a stick. Now I'm like, a stick? Like a wood stick? Or like, what kind of a stick? Well, Crystal, it was a candlestick <laughs> in the conservatory. Oh, I thought it was in the With library. Mr. Green. <laughs> Scarlet. <laughs> now, as police talked to the children about what happened, they started to feel like something was kind of off. Billy Ray Jr., who was seven at the time, told police that he was asleep in the living room when the, t- the attack began. He told me he woke up to screaming. Billy says his mama told him that two men had come. Billy said he didn't see the men. Um, and that was Debari saying that. And five-year-old Tanner also had told a similar story. He stated that his mom told him that two men came in to rob daddy. He also said that Mama told him that they had knives. It was a little odd that both children were telling me information that their mother had told them. So, Connie, yeah, Connie was feeding them this information because she probably knew police were going to ask them questions. Now, Connie, meanwhile, told officers that she went to the she went to bed that night. And woke up at about 10.30 to a knock at the back door and, like, a bunch of loud noises and commotion going on. She said two people came in and assaulted her husband. One was striking Billy with a stick, wearing all dark colors and a face covering. As McDowell tried to intervene and stop the attack, she told police that she grabbed the children and went to her father's trailer. And Johnny Mealy eventually then called 911 once they got to his trailer and like was informed of what was going on. So then came a weird, like surprising revelation to police. Connie recognized one of the attackers. She said that it was her brother, Andy Mealy. When somebody comes out of the blue from nowhere and kills someone, that causes fear in the community, DeBusk said. It wasn't a random event. This was a family affair. Connie told police there was also a man with her brother who she believed was one of his friends. And Dabari says that it did strike me as odd because Connie indicated that Andy and Billy Ray were the best of friends. So he's kind of thinking like, 
if they were best friends, why would he go up in there? And he's your brother-in-law. Why would he go up in there and just murder you for no reason? When police searched for Andy's vehicle, they found it just over the North Carolina border at Jody's Washington home. Washington and Melba Neely, that was the mother of Andy and Connie. Um, so remember, her parents had split up. Um, so yeah, they went to their home, found his car, um, and they also found Renee Young, who was Andy and Connie's sister at the home. Young told police that she had been with Andy at home since 8 the previous night, um, and Washington said that he had been asleep since 9 o'clock. But when officers spoke to Melba, a motive for the murders started to kind of emerge and come into play, because recently, Connie had told Melba and Young that Billy Ray had been beating her and the children. So there comes motive, the family's feeling kind of protective and get wound up about what's happening. Maybe they wanted to uh, just end it, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Melba advised that upon learning this information, that Andy and Renee said that Billy Ray, quote, needed an ass whooping. <laughs> so, and uh, I mean, he got a little bit more than an ass whooping, but he definitely got his ass whooped. That sounds so 90s. <laughs> so 90s and so southern. <laughs> so police believe this set in motion the violent events of that June 21st, 2000 date. There had been prior instances of abuse that Melba was aware of between Billy Ray and Connie. Um, Shanann Dakbiran, um, who was a friend of the family, says, but when Melba found out that the children were being abused, she was very upset. She said it was bad enough that Connie was being abused, but now you obviously put innocent children into that equation as well. This is a family that isn't going to take crap from you. They're going to fight back. So basically, um, you don't you don't fuck with that family. Like to get dealt with. They get you didn't you do, you get dealt with. <laughs> As they found out. So bits and pieces of what happened kind of began to becoming unraveled and be revealed to police. Melba said she and her two children, Andy and Renee Young, as well as her boyfriend, Jodis Washington all went to the Brown home. All of them. <laughs> okay. And after Connie answered the door, Melba told police, Billy Ray came outside. Andy hit him with a stick. Then Washington allegedly cut Billy Ray's throat with a knife before the group left. Um, which obviously was a different story than what Connie and her children had told police. <laughs> a, little, a little bit different uh, series of events there. Um, Andy then claimed the plan was only to beat up Billy Ray uh, and that he didn't know that Washington, you know, was going to go slit his throat, <laughs> um, even though the group brought a kitchen knife with them. So 
So I don't know if, like, I don't know what I believe if they, like, think that, if they genuinely thought they were just going to beat him up and they brought the knife for protection and then Washington just got riled up and decided to slit his throat, but uh, I'm not quite sure. Andy also told police he brought a large stick with him into which he'd carved the words Neely Power that he used to hit Billy Ray. Which is kind of goofy to me, but like, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, like he was trying to prove a point by like carving that in there. I don't know, I just picture like everyone like, I got a knife. Maybe one of them's like, yeah, I got a hatchet or, you know, a yeah. gun, whatever. And he's like, I got a yard, I got a <laughs> stick from the yard. I got a stick and I carved mealy power into that bitch. <laughs> I got a hiking stick. <laughs> I mean, I guess it worked, so I guess uh, his plan worked, but police said that Andy's story matched up with Melba's story, and both matched up with the actual physical evidence and blood spatters that were at the scene. So they kind of were leaning more towards their stories than Connie's, which I feel like Connie was probably just trying to protect her family like and not be like they murdered my husband but also like they just said it they had no shame <laughs> they're like well yeah we just wanted to beat him up a little bit we didn't know that washington was you know gonna slit his throat <laughs> so debusk said that ronnie mcdowell so billy ray's friend who was there who was also murdered he wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> Doggy. Sorry, Phoebe says hi. <laughs> Phoebe's, Phoebe's joining us. <laughs> but he, so Rodney wasn't supposed to be there. He had just been forced from his own home because of a domestic violence situation. So he couldn't stay there. He went to stay with Billy Ray, and that's why he was at their trailer. So sadly, McDowell was... You know, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It wasn't like they were targeting him or even trying to kill him or anything, but just bad timing for him. Really bad timing. So, with the commotion going, Ronnie McDowell, he, like, woke up on the couch because obviously there was a lot going on, and he goes to the, he goes to the door to, like, see what's going on. Um, and Andy tells him, this doesn't concern you. And then Ronnie, of course, sees, you know, it's getting violent and kind of intense, so he tries to intervene at that point. Officers said that McDowell then tried to run down to the bathroom to get away, but Washington and Andy allegedly then started chasing him and then beat and stabbed him. So they had to deal with a witness that they, you know, they weren't expecting to be there, DeBusk claimed. Meanwhile, Billy Ray, he was still alive even after his throat was slashed. And officers said that he tried to get to a gun, like, that he had kept in his bedroom. Um, you know, with his throat being slit and being, like, beaten, all this stuff, he was still alive trying to, like, get to this gun that was in his room. Now, Billy Ray is able to drag himself into the living room 
where, you know, he's bleeding profusely and somehow gets into the bedroom where Jody and Andy stab him, um, says Dabari. Although Andy and Melba had confessed to parts of that night, Washington and Renee Young were on the run from police. So they were trying to bounce um, and not get caught at all because they obviously knew that um, they were being ratted on. So eventually, after some time, Washington had turned himself in and when officers finally tracked down Young, she alleged that all four of them went there with the intent to kill Billy Ray Brown. But she also claimed that Connie Brown also played a role in the murders as well. She told us that Connie was the reason it happened, DeBusk said. She was the one that asked them to do something about Billy Ray. And Young told police that Connie knew the plan when she opened the door that night. So for cooperating with police and testifying against Connie Brown, Melba Neely and Jodis Washington and also Young, they took a plea deal and they were sentenced to 30 years at Leith Correctional Institute in South Carolina. Andy Neely also took a plea deal to avoid trial and he was sentenced to life without parole at McCormick Correctional Institute in South Carolina. Melba was sentenced to 35 years at Leith Correctional Institute for her roles in the murder. And Deparian said, I think it's extremely important for people to know that this family was not your typical family. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's pretty normal for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, that's, just a, that's just a Sunday here <laughs> yeah. at the Millers. I mean, It's just a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> but Deparian says they are extremely close-knit. They truly thought that they could help Connie in this situation, and they really, really believed that they were doing her a favor. And Jodis, this is what's crazy to me. Jodis Washington was found not guilty by a jury. He's the one that slit Billy Ray's throat, and yet the jury found him not guilty. I don't understand that. He had a good lawyer. I, he really did. His attorney basically said Renee was lying, DeBusk said. He convinced the jury that Renee had lied about him being present. She was trying to push the blame outside of the family. Connie Brown maintained her innocence um, as she went on trial in June of 2002. Our theory of the case was that Connie just wanted to get rid of Billy Ray. It seems mostly that this is a crime to get rid of an inconvenient husband. And then in September of 2002, the jury found Connie guilty and they sentenced her to life in prison without parole at Leith Correctional Institute 
um, which was the same prison that was housing her mother and her sister. So, I mean, I guess at least they could be in prison together. <laughs> I don't know. Misery loves company. I guess it really does. Um, I never would have thought Connie was capable of guiding them or even allowing that to happen to the magnitude that it did, says her brother, Jamie Heath. It could have been prevented just by her leaving Billy. Plain and simple. Like, if you don't want to be with your husband anymore, like, leave him. You don't have to, like, get your whole family to, like, go over there and murder him and his friend, you know? Really? I mean... Uh, hey, gonna, bro. You gotta change your plans. <laughs> KK said we ain't gotta go through with this. She said I can just leave. I have a little bit more of a, a more simple solution, guys. We so don't end up in prison. I, abort, abort. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow, bro. So you don't end up in prison for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> Whew, glad we did this episode so you cleared that up. I, mean. I know. I just, I just saved you a, a lifetime. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like stupid to me that as people just go through all this extra bullshit trouble and then they end up screwing themselves over when they could have just done something way more simple. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens all the time, and it's just so crazy to me. People be acting so... They just, just acting so out of impulse. They just they're like, snap. They just snap, seriously. Snap, crackle, and pop. We're for real. But I'll tell you what, there are some days where I'm so tired. Not that I... I'm crazy, but sometimes you <laughs> wonder, like... When you're so exhausted and you're getting pushed past your limits. Yeah. And you're wondering, like, is this what people feel like before they snap? Maybe. Bef- is this, like, where my max is? Like, one more thing is just really going to push me over? That could be. It like, could be, you know. People get pushed to the edge. I, You know, I told my daughter earlier, I was like, dude, I'm about to have a mental breakdown, like, right now. And she's like, please don't. Please. Please don't do that. And I'm like, well, then, can we just listen to the music and silence <laughs> you're like please honestly it's probably true like people just get pushed to a certain point and then they can't think clearly and then they make stupid decisions you know and that's uh that's what connie and her little family did <laughs> to good old billy ray billy ray not cyrus billy ray not cyrus um <laughs> <laughs> so this information came from oxygen myrtle beach Sun News and Tribute Archive. So shout out to them. But yeah. Uh, another... We've had a few family crime stories on the podcast. This one was kind of the most uh, like planned out, I guess. Kind of reminded members. me of the... Not to drop names of the stories we did in the past... <laughs> Uh, drop them, drop them. But it kind of reminded me of the Jenkins one we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where it was like his family bloodline was crazy, but it was like him and his cousin and his whole family like became like ride or die, and they ended up taking the guy and they ended up like killing him and robbing him. And, yep. and it was like, but there was like a whole family that was arrested together. Like, yeah, some families. I mean, they're so close that they're all kind of, they're all crazy. That's the thing, though. You were talking about, like, being so close to the edge where you want to snap. But, like, 
maybe Connie was, but surely all the all her other family members were not like snapped with Billy Ray. They were just like I don't know. I feel like they got like excitement out of doing that or something. Well, yeah, they were probably I don't want to say brainwashed, but like right. kind of like just convinced like hey we need to do this like more yeah. hyped up like mm-hmm. because they probably i wonder if they did genuinely think that they were helping her like if they did think that he was i now i don't know for sure if he was abusive towards her and the kids that's, that's the not, thing nobody ever knows because the right. victim's dead yeah exactly so it's not confirmed and you, you don't really know if she was just saying that and she wanted him dead or if he actually was but i'm sure that if she was telling her family that, that they probably just truly believed that they were, like, helping her and the kids and doing them a favor by getting rid of him. Yeah. But now they all in prison, except for the one that slit his throat, so that's pretty effed up to me. What do you think, Phoebe? Oh, you just want to go outside? Okay. Phoebe has some profound thoughts. (laughs) And if you guys... You guys couldn't see, but it was so funny. Probably the last 10 minutes of this story, Phoebe was just running around on the bed, sticking her face in the microphone. She had some things to say. I'll post some pictures on the... On the social. I took a couple of the pictures just because it's like, I'm sitting here thinking like, when you're trying to record a podcast, but your dog just wants to play. (laughs) Literally. She's like, Mom, when are you going to be done? She kept dropping that ball by Crystal's lap. Crystal's just like nonchalantly trying to throw it across the room. Like, like as I'm talking. Very multitasking. I'm like, not now, Phoebe, not now. Sorry, my dog doesn't know boundaries, and she's, you know, very uh, codependent. She has to have attention at all times. It's okay. She's cute, so you can't be mad at her, you know? And her little sister is sleeping with my daughter right now, so she's like, yes. She's like, I get to be in here without little sis. <laughs> she was like, I get the big room to myself. <laughs> but yeah, um, that kind of wraps up today's story. Thank you guys for sticking around and listening. Um, and catch us next week for a whole other story. <laughs> yes, we were supposed to have a fun movie but my life is so chaotic right now so we had to put a pin in it but we will be having a fun story movie coming up soon yes so get ready for that get prepared for when that comes again send us any requests ideas thoughts comments follow likes you know all the things all the things email us and you said the rest, so. <laughs> so, and then, no, we got to go. Stay creepy. Peace. Bye. Bye.